the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You asked the question, sir. Let me answer it. The genius of the Constitution is that it can always be changed. The genius of the Constitution is that it makes no permanent rule other than its faith in the wisdom of ordinary people to govern themselves. Our founding parents were pompous, middle-aged white farmers, but they were also great men because they knew one thing that all great men should know, that they didn't know everything. They knew they were going to make mistakes, but they made sure to leave a way to correct them. They didn't think of themselves as leaders. They wanted a government of citizens, not royalty. A government of listeners, not lecturers. A government that could change, not stand still. The president isn't an elected king, no matter how many bombs he can drop, because the crude constitution doesn't trust him. He's a servant of the people. He's just a bum. And the only bliss that he's searching for is freedom and justice. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Yep, uh, I played that clip from a movie called With Honors about the Constitution and knowing how it can be changed and knowing the what the uh, our founding fathers had had in store, what they had in mind when they wrote the Constitution. And I'm watching TV and I'm watching what's going on. Do you realize uh, the travel ban that, that Trump uh, signed on January 27th would have been over? It was a 120-day travel ban on, uh, on uh, people from seven different Muslim countries. And it would have been over in 120 days. And instead of instead of doing the the stupid stuff that our government is having to do because of what the Democrats are trying to do to to just block everything that Trump wants to do to try and make America great again and to keep us safe, we would be over. They would have been spending time vetting how do we vet these people so we know who the good ones are and who the bad ones are. Is there what can we do? Because obviously we don't know how to do that. Because the Sarnayev brothers came over from Russia. Russia called us, told us, these guys are bad news. Keep your heads up for this guy. And they still pulled off the Boston Marathon bombing. You know, obviously something something uh, needs, to get, get, needs to get changed. And uh, can you believe in this country the waste? The waste. But we're going to talk about everything that's going on, going on in this country and everything that happened in the last seven days since, since you heard from me last. But first... Let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, based in Southern California, offices all over the place. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me but you don't want to talk on the phone, find me at wccloans.com. W-C-C-L-O-A-N-S.com, where we'll have all kinds of mortgage information for you. And if you want to apply or get some more information, just click on the Loan Center link and then hit Apply Now. 
and uh, tell me how much information you want to give me and tell me how much information you want back from me. You'll hear back from either one of my teammates and uh, we'll help fill in the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle or your financing puzzle or your uh, whatever, whatever you're going. Hey, you know what? I got uh, I got people call me and say, hey, this is where I'm at. I've got these assets. I've got this income. This is what I would like to do. What do you suggest? And I give them some suggest- suggestions. Hey, sometimes it's sometimes it's sometimes you're too close too close to the to your own situation. You can't see the right decision. Sometimes you got to step back outside the circle and say, "Hmm, what is the right solution to this plan?" That's what I do. So if you'd like to email me first, uh, click on the contact contact page here. Here's on the contact page, fill out the form, go directly to me or my team, or just email me at edhoffman at wccloans.com. Um, if you want to hear any part of the show uh, replayed, uh, you can get that at edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page, listen to it on demand anytime. You can also get the main event podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, uh, where you can uh, subscribe to it for free, have it download to your uh, your computer or your 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 listening device. Uh, whatever kind you listen to, uh, once a week we upload it, then it downloads to you. Be sure to connect with the show on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. And like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash the main event Ed Hoffman. And don't forget about the main event listener hotline where you can leave me a voicemail to tell me what you think of the show. Leave me a message at 855-640-2092. I think everybody has a right to my opinion, and this time I want to hear yours. So if I say something that makes you bad or something that makes you glad or happy, uh, call 640-855-640-2092. And I might just play your message on the show. Uh, I want to hear from you. So, uh, hey, also, here's a special... Here's a special uh, Here's a special request for those of you in the L.A. Orange County area. Um, I'm looking to get in touch with James Young of Sticks, and they're coming to the Greek Theater on the 24th. So I think he lives here in Southern California now, but I need to get in touch with him. If any of you know him personally, send me an email at Hoffman at WCCLoans.com or call me at 855-640-2020. I need to get in touch with this guy. I have a quick question for him. And uh, James Young of Sticks. If you know him, you know how to get in touch with him. Please contact me. So uh, anyway, uh, let's talk about what's going on. Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law and senior advisor, is the most recent member of the Trump administration to be portrayed as an evil villain with supposedly strong ties to Russia. It started one week ago when the Washington Post published a story that Kushner may have discussed creating a secret communication channels with Russia's ambassador, Sergei Kislyak, back in December 2016 during the transition. From the Washington Post report, I read, Jared Kushner and Russia's ambassador to Washington, D.C. discussed the possibility of setting up a secret, secure communications channel between Trump's transition team and the Kremlin using Russian diplomatic facilities in an apparent move to shield their pre-inauguration discussions from monitoring, according to U.S. officials briefed on the intelligence reports. Ambassador Sergei Kislyak reported to his superiors in in Moscow that Kushner made the proposal during a meeting on December 1st or 2nd at Trump Tower, according to the intercepts of Russian communications that were reviewed by U.S. officials. The meeting was also attended by Michael Flynn, Trump's first national security advisor. Sounds nefarious, huh? Sounds like BS, but Secretary of Homeland Security uh, John Kelly disagrees. It's both normal, in my opinion, and acceptable. There's uh, any way that you can communicate 
uh, with people, particularly uh, uh, organizations that are maybe not particularly friendly to us, is, is a good thing. And, 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 and again, it comes back to whatever the communication is, comes back into the government and shared across the government. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not a bad thing to have multiple uh, communication lines to any government. Using their equipment in their diplomatic facilities? Well, again, don't know, um, uh, all, I don't know if all of that is true. I would just say that uh, any line of communication to a country, particularly a country like Russia, is a good thing. Well, you know what? How do you expect to uh, get along in this world without talking to people? Well, we don't want to talk to those people, but we want them to. Uh, we want them to 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 uh, join us in fighting ISIS. And they have their their airplanes in in Syria, and we want to fight ISIS in Syria, but we don't want to talk to them. We don't want our president to be able to talk to the other leaders. I think that's what we elected him for. And you know what? Only Barack Obama thinks that you can. Uh, that you can, well, maybe Barack Obama doesn't think you can get anything. He only thinks that you can get things done without communicating with the other branches of the government. As uh, you never saw him talking to senators or congressmen, which is basically what his job was. He only talked to Valerie Jarrett and uh, maybe his wife. I don't even think he talked to his wife. If you weren't a Hollywood, uh, a Hollywood uh, celebrity, um, then he didn't talk to you uh, unless you're Valerie Jarrett. And uh, and of course we caught him on the hot mic talking to uh, the Russian foreign minister, saying I'll have a lot more flexibility after uh, after the election, right before his re-election. And nobody had a problem with that. Brought it up. Nobody thought he was planning any secret covert operation, although it sounded like he was. The fact that he, the fact that he's um, saying, "Hey, I'm more flexible after the election." What does that mean? That means that. If people know what I'm planning to talk to you about, then they wouldn't elect me. That's what I. That's how I take it. So anyway, so since then, so since they can't deny the back channels are a normal thing in government, the Democrats are shifting the, to the narrative that isn't that this isn't even a back channel. It must be something more. Here's Al Franken talking to Anderson Cooper. Normally, a back channel isn't something where you go to the other countries. Uh, communication system so that your own intelligence can't hear it. That's what it sounds like right. Kushner thought he was doing. It's also uh, very suspicious that he did not report this meeting. This is the kind of a meeting you'd remember, meeting in the Trump Tower with him and Flynn and... Uh, a meeting talk- which wasn't on the books at Trump Tower, any- I mean, yeah. initially. So, so, so it, this group isn't acting like people who don't have anything to hide. You know what? Um, Number one, Kushner meeting at the Trump Tower probably wasn't something that memorable as if Al Franken got invited to the Trump Tower because Kushner's Trump's son-in-law. And Kushner's a business guy, and Trump's a business guy, so I'm sure he's been there 10,000 times. So it was, well, it would be a meeting that you'd remember because it was at the Trump Tower and uh, and uh, and this sounds like people that aren't aren't willing to come forward with with information. It sounds like they have something to hide. Jared Kushner said, "I'm willing to answer any questions from anybody now, but we're going to talk about it on we're going to talk about it on the news, and we're gonna we're gonna make uh, allegations for six months before they even ask him for anything." I heard I actually heard that it was Kislyak that suggested they have a back channel for a one time conversation. That it had nothing to do with Jared Kushner. He just happened to be talking to him. 
Some believe that the entire thing could be a wild embellishment of the truth planted by Russia in order to cause further chaos for this administration. One of them is Senator Lindsey Graham. I don't trust this story as far as I can throw it. It makes no sense that the Russian ambassador would report back to Moscow on a channel that he most likely knows we're monitoring. The whole storyline is suspicious. Yeah, I know they're listening. Hey, you know what? If you're in jail at, uh, uh, what do they call that place? Uh, North Valley off Etiwanda up there in uh, Rancho Cucamonga or Ontario, where, whatever the border is there. If you're in jail, guess what? If When you're calling out from the jail, they li- they monitor those phone calls. So if you're calling home to talk to your wife or you're calling to talk to your lawyer, they're listening. Do you think the do you think the uh the uh the inmates realize that? Some of them don't, but most of them should. Hey, if you're calling out from jail, the cops are listening. You think that Kislyak doesn't know which uh which lines are being monitored by the FBI or the CIA or the NSA? Do you think not? And he makes a comment like that on that line. Do you think maybe this was planned? Uh, Could be. Charles Krauthammer agrees and he explains why. We have no idea if it's true. Let's say it is true. Isn't the, the problem here, the accusation here, that there was some collusion during the campaign with the Russians? Well, everyone agrees if the story is true. It occurred after the campaign during the transition. So unless there's some nefarious connection here, there's no connection to the what, what, what was alleged to have happened during the campaign. And lastly, we've had back-channel connections with adversaries for generations. Henry Kissinger had them with the Russians and the Chinese. Hillary had a back-channel to establish the opening of negotiations with the Iranians in what ended up as the Iranian nuclear deal. See, everybody's just trying to stir up Stir up controversy here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know what? I've said this a million times. I don't think we need to know everything that's going on in government because if I know it, the enemy knows it. If you say it on TV because I have a right to know what the president is planning because he's my president, he's a servant of the people. You know what? If I know it, if I see it on TV, so does ISIS. They know exactly. Just like uh, if you watched on Netflix last week, or if you haven't watched it yet, you should. Uh, there's a movie called uh, War War Machine. Brad Pitt plays uh, Glenn McCann, who's really uh, who's really Stan- Stanley McChrystal, and uh, and it's really the story of it's it's a satire. It's supposed to be it's supposed to be funny, but it's serious. Towards the beginning of this movie, um, Stanley McChrystal, I mean, Brad Pitt is uh, watching as Obama says, hey, we're giving, we're putting all these troops in Afghanistan, but we're pulling them out in 18 months. And he goes, well, hey, why don't you just tell everybody when we're pulling out, all the enemy has to do is just say, hey, we're going to wait out this, wait out 18 months, and then we'll come back out when everybody leaves. You know what, you know, use some, use some brains in this thing. Use some brains. So there's certain things that, certain things that need to be communicated. And certain things that don't need to be communicated. So, uh, so let's use let's use some common sense and not listen to all this this blabble, this blabber that comes on the uh, from the mainstream media. So let's let's go on to the next thing. Uh, Hillary Hillary this week uh, is on her blame game tour again. Uh, this week she made a surprise appearance at the Book Expo America in New York City and showed up at the tech conference CodeCon in Silicon Valley for panel discussion. Uh, you know what Hillary did. Clinton has to do with either of these events 
I don't know, but she showed up. We've already heard her theories of why she lost, but Hillary's still dreaming up more reasons, including an allegation that Donald Trump personally directed the Russians to weaponize the anger of racist Americans so they could help him win. He really understands how to inflame people. Whatever resentment or point of anger that you may have, if he can get into it, whether it's race or sex or xenophobia or anti-Islamophobia, the Russians, in my opinion, and based on the intel and counter-intel people I've talked to, could not have known how best to weaponize that information unless they had been guided. And here's a... Here's guided a, by Americans. Guided by Americans. Which are leaning Trump. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. I'm leading Trump. I think I think it's pretty hard not to. You know, knowing how to inflame Americans with with uh, sex or or uh, whatever kind of allegations she said, you know, all that isn't that politics? Isn't that the same thing they did with him playing that uh, that that tape of him with uh, what was a Access Hollywood or something that when he's on the bus with a not realizing he had a a mic on him when he's talking to the one guy on a on a guy on guy. Uh, uh, communication, just two guys talking to each other, talking gross, talking gross, second only to how women talk when there's no guys around. You know what? Why is this such a secret thing? There's no way the Russians could know how to do this unless they were guided by Donald Trump. Uh, Here's how she manages to blame the Russians, the FBI, James Comey, and American voters all in one breath. The use of uh, my email account was uh, turned into, you know, the biggest scandal since Lord knows when. This was the biggest nothing burger ever. They covered it like it was Pearl Harbor. The Russians ran an extensive information war campaign against my campaign to influence voters. Comey was more than happy to talk about my emails, but he wouldn't talk about investigation of the Russians. So people went to vote on November 8th, having no idea that there was an active counterintelligence investigation going on of the Trump campaign. The emails were a nothing burger. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens when uh, all this other stuff comes and see if Jeff Sessions uh, pushes it forward or if... uh or if the the Russian investigation, when they subpoena all of Comey's um, uh, memos on the Russian thing and uh, comments with and uh, conversations with Trump, uh, if they get the conversations with uh, Loretta Lynch and uh, the, that investigation, all the rest of the stuff, uh, maybe this is a nothing burger and maybe it's not. But you know what the one thing is? Is we know for sure the email thing on non-secured server is real. We know that the emails that came out of the stuff she said was real. They didn't know there was, they didn't tell anybody there was an active Russian uh, investigation and whether he's colluding with the Russians. We don't have any evidence this was ever going on. Amazing. Amazing. Believe it or not, it didn't stop there. At CodeCon event, Hillary blamed a total of 24 people, groups, and things for her election loss. The full list is she blamed the FBI. She blamed James Comey. She blamed the Russians. She blamed Vladimir Putin. She blamed anti-American forces. Low-information voters. Hey, you know what? Low-information voters are the ones that voted for you, Hillary. I don't know. I think it would just be great to have a female president. Really? Okay, everyone who assumed she wouldn't win, so they didn't vote because of it. Uh, okay. Bad polling numbers. Barack Obama. She blamed it on Barack Obama. People who wanted change. Guess what? 
That's what we voted for. She blamed it on us. Well, it's your fault. Thank you. I'll take the credit. I'll take the credit. And I've asked, I've asked many people, hey, you vote for Trump? Yeah. Did the Russians ever call you? No. Uh, they have any influence on you? No. I just think she's dishonest. I just think she's she's not leading this country in the right direction. I don't think she knows what she's doing. I don't think she's uh, presidential. Misogynist. Oh, blame misogynist. Uh, I think that's people that hate women. Um, people people voted for her because they hate women. Okay. And then she then she blames suburban women. So let's see. People who hate women and women. Both are at at fault here. The New York Times, TV executives. I thought all the TV executives in the New York Times were in the tank for her. Cable news. Well, let's see. Cable news. Fox is uh, Fox leans right. They lean they lean Republican, especially at night with Hannity and uh, O'Reilly and uh, who else was on back then? Uh, Megan. I don't think Megan was. Yeah. She had her her pros. She had her t- her moments, um, but you know what? There's three other cable networks. There's CNN, there's CNBC, and there's uh, MSN, PMSNBC, and they all lean way to the left. So how can you blame it on cable news? Most of them are going for you. Netflix. Uh, oh yeah, she said there's not enough. They, there weren't enough uh, uh, filmmakers who don't make the who make the right document. Democrat filmmakers who don't make the right documentaries, and Netflix who do plays the wrong ones. So, uh, I mean, they don't have Dinesh D'Souza on their team. Dinesh D'Souza, who wrote, uh, who did uh, Hillary's America and uh, America, Imagine a World Without Her, and uh, 2016, um, uh, Obama's America. He did some pretty damn good uh, uh, documentaries there, and they were uh, all true with bibliographies at the end to show what the sources of everything is. We didn't have enough Democrat filmmakers to... Where was Michael Moore? Facebook, Twitter, WikiLeaks, fake news, content farms in Macedonia. For those of you who don't know, someone asked me, hey, do you know what a content farm in Macedonia is? Well, I assume that means it's a place where they make up stories just based on the fact it says content farms uh, in Macedonia. So uh, people out there... And, and you know what I've seen? I've gotten stuff on my phone say, hey, look here, this is going on. And the guy guy next to me says, uh, what's the source? Well, I don't know. It's on the internet. Must be must be true. And it says uh, um, some weird some weird title to a to a website. And that's probably not that's probably fake news. I wouldn't blast that out and share it. But guess what? Most people see that stuff and they share it. I think there was more stuff about Trump than there was about Hillary Clinton. I think the uh, the millennials and the people that do that kind of stuff were more in the tank for for Hillary. The Republican Party. She blamed the Republican Party and she blamed the Democrat Party. Yes, she blamed her own party. In fact, she directly blamed the DNC. Remember, this is the organization that admits to sabotaging Bernie Sanders' campaign so she could become the the nominee. This is how she thanks them. I inherit nothing from the Democratic Party. What do you mean nothing? I mean it was bankrupt. It was on the verge of insolvency. Its data was mediocre to poor, non-existent, wrong. I had to inject money into it. This is the DNC. The, the DNC to keep it going. Yeah, I think uh, the word I hear is that the DNC had three times as much money uh, when they started that then Trump spent his whole uh, his whole campaign. She had to inject money into it. That's kind of like. Uh, our uh, nonprofit. We have a nonprofit called WCC Charities. Guess what? 
we take the money that people donate and we for that we forward it over to uh, uh we just forwarded uh forty three thousand dollars to the gary sinise foundation and uh five thousand dollars to uh, water boys and uh you know people donated money and we forwarded it so now if we start start a new campaign i have to inject money into it okay so that's how that's how it works with nonprofits. Okay, you know, uh, and you know, uh, don't forget Seth Rich as uh, the Clinton casualty. He was a Bernie Sanders supporter working at the DNC. And what did they do with him? I don't know. He showed up dead, got a bullet to the back of the head. And, uh, you know, we've talked about this a few times. Apparently, they found uh, that he had uh, forwarded some emails to WikiLeaks. And uh, who knows? Who knows? But, you know, mysteriously, he ended up dead. And they said it was a robbery, except for they didn't take his money or his keys or his uh, his watch or his phone or anything. So uh, I don't know. Was that a uh, was that a uh, robbery? I don't think so. Hey, lots more to talk about, but I'm out of time for part one. Don't go away. We got five minutes of traffic and weather and commercials, and I'll be right back with part two of the main event. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation. Your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk a lot about mortgages or real estate on this uh, mortgage and real estate show because uh, I know if you guys aren't in the market, it's just boring to listen to. And uh, But if you're in the market for uh, real estate financing, you need to refinance or you need to purchase a home or uh, you're over 62 and you're thinking about one of them reverse mortgage things, you want some information, you want to talk to somebody who uh, thinks like you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Uh, and then again, if you hear something on this show that you want to, that you want to make a comment about, Listener hotline, 640-2092. And I'll ask one more time, hey, if you know James Young of Sticks, call me at 855-640-2020 or email me at edhoffman at wccloans.com. I need to get in touch with this guy and uh, for a quick question. Um, if you know him, James Young, tall, blonde-haired dude. <clears throat> I've been a fan for a long time. I'm not going to be a groupie here, but I need to contact this guy, and I know they're in town in a couple of weeks. So if you know him... I don't know if he still. I don't know if he lives out here. If he lives in Chicago, so uh, I guess I grew up and haven't followed followed uh, those kind of guys because I have a life now. So, um, but they will be at the Greek Theater on the twenty fourth, and so somebody somebody out there listening knows this guy. I need to contact him. So anyway, uh, let's talk about it's graduation season, and it means that uh, we get to compare commencement speeches between liberals and conservatives. Uh, kind of the reason I would say, hey, if if my kids were young, I wouldn't send them to college. Okay, uh, but let's talk about this. Normally, we're used to hearing Barack, o Barack Hussein Obama give a speech. I mean, read a speech um, at some liberal university. But, but fortunately for us, he turned down all the offers this year. Hillary, Hillary Clinton accepted an offer to speak at Wellesley College, her own alma mater in Massachusetts. Um, Personally, I'm glad she did. She reminded us of one of the big reasons why she's uh, unfit to be the president. She's not physically healthy. You know, <clears throat> four years ago, maybe a little more or less <clears throat> for some of you. So, man, I've got to get a lozenge. Thank you. I told the trustees I was sitting with, after hearing Tala's speech, I didn't think I could get through it. 
So we'll blame allergy instead of emotion. <clears throat> but, you know, you arrived at this campus. <coughs> Not sure exactly what they're cheering for there uh, towards the end of that. Um, the first time they started cheering because a bunch of people walked out with a, a lozenge and a bottle of water. But the, uh, you know, what are they cheering for? Because she stopped coughing? Uh, sounded like she was still coughing. Anyway, you may or may not know, uh, in 1969, Hillary was the first student at Wellesley College to give a commencement speech. Before that, Wellesley had never had a student speaker at, at the commencement, but her classmates led the effort to have the student speak, and for some reason, they nominated her. In the speech that she gave at this year's Wellesley commencement, Hillary explained what she and her classmates were concerned about back in 1969. Listen to the not-so-subtle comparison. And for those of you who don't remember, remember uh, Richard Nixon beat Hubert Humphrey in 1968. So six months, so six months before she made this, these comments, Richard Nixon was, was, not, was uh, elected to president. Listen to the not-so-subtle comparison she makes about the president then versus now. We didn't trust government, authority figures, or really anyone over 30. In large part, thanks to years of heavy casualties and dishonest official statements about Vietnam and deep differences over civil rights and poverty here at home. We were asking urgent questions about whether women, people of color, religious minorities, immigrants would ever be treated with dignity and respect. And by the way, we were furious about the past presidential election <laughs> of a man whose presidency would eventually end in disgrace with his impeachment for obstruction of justice. I don't know. Wasn't her husband president? Wasn't he impeached for, uh, I don't know, perjury, lying, having sex with a... Uh, and Nixon was never impeached, uh, but uh, he he resigned. And uh, but Clinton was impeached, although they didn't take him out of office because they did it right at the end of his right at the end of his uh, his term. And I think the Republicans uh, the Republicans on the uh, impeachment committee didn't want to remove him from office because then Joe then uh, not Joe Biden uh, but uh, Al Gore would have become the president and he would have been running against. Uh, George W. Bush as an incumbent, and they knew that what well, that gives him a huge advantage, and uh, so they opted not to take him out of office. But wasn't it her husband that did that? I don't know. That's how I remember it. That's how I remember it. So, uh, um, so I don't know what they're what they're cheering about, but you know, college kids, college kids are just not being fed fed their minds what what uh, they need to hear. Not surprisingly, Senator Elizabeth Warren gave a, a commencement speech this year, too. Speaking at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst, Warren used her speech to mobilize uninformed students to take what they don't know and use it to influence government. The point I want to make is a point about democracy. Our country, our democracy, is not a machine that will run on its own. It needs you out there fighting for what you believe in. And here's why. If elected officials don't hear from people like you, 
then the policies will be set by the people they do hear from. And believe me, they hear plenty from corporate CEOs, from Wall Street, from giant corporations, and from others who spend buckets of money to make sure that their interests are heard. And here's the thing. Your elected officials are increasingly working only for the few, the very wealthy few. And they are setting policies only to benefit the few, the very wealthy few. And if that doesn't change soon, then this country will fundamentally change. It is your world, your future that is on the line. So I am here today to ask you to get engaged. You know what? When I was in high school, college, I wanted to be one of the wealthy few. And you know how you learn to be wealthy is hang around wealthy people. You know what? That's how that's how you learn because the difference between wealthy people and poor people is just a one little adjustment in how you think. But uh, um, Ben Carson had a had a, a town hall meeting on some XM channel, the Urban Channel, Channel One Twenty Five. 126 it's one up from patriot radio and uh and he talked about how people that are rich if you take everything from them and you know you take everything from them because the way they think in a year they'll have it all back and uh and it's because the way they think and uh, the guy who is running the thing i'm gonna maybe use some clips from it next week the guy that was was running the interview was kind of trying to talk about how government really doesn't give give uh black people black people or minorities a chance and he kept turning it back to you know it's it's not about it's not about what government does for you it, you know give you opportunities it's about taking responsibility for your own life and uh very interesting if you have a chance i don't know if it's on youtube or not but i, I heard it on uh on xm 126 not a channel I normally listen to, but I heard it advertised on Fox News, so I went to it last Sunday when it was on there. Um, where did I leave off? So, uh, but you know, Elizabeth Warren, she's a moron. She's a moron. And then there's Crazy Uncle Joe, uh, Joe Biden at this year's Harvard commencement ceremony. Former Vice President Joe Biden took a stab at uh, President Trump as well, and he did it with one of his trademark gaffes. Listen, I thought we had passed the days when it was acceptable for politicians at all levels to bestow legitimacy on hate speech or fringe ideologies. But the world is changing so rapidly that there are an awful lot of folks out there, not just here in the United States, but around the world, who are both afraid of the change and susceptible to this kind of negative appeal. Globalization has cost some of them their livelihoods. Digitalization, Moore's Law, artificial artificial intelligence are generating great anxiety in so many sectors of this country and the world. Yeah, artificial insemination is uh, is creating great anxiety, especially if it doesn't take, um, you know, people wanting to have babies. Uh, Oh, I think that was a gaffe. Maybe he wasn't really talking about that. But uh, you know, it's I don't know what he's I don't know what he's he's blaming. You know, first he's blaming the negative negative uh, remarks from the from politicians, and then he's talking about technology is is scaring people. Yeah, it should. People should be thinking about uh, where the future is and and planning accordingly. 
So these are the liberal commencement speeches of 2017. Now I'm guessing uh, that there had to be a few conservative students graduating at those schools, and you didn't hear any boos from them. Uh, and that's and then then there's our Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos. She listen to how she was treated when she spoke at this year's Bethune Cookman University commencement in Florida. Later today, I will have the honor of visiting Dr. Bethune's home and paying my respects at her gravesite. in her last will and testament, where Dr. Bethune described what she hoped her legacy would be. The beautifully written testament cited love, hope, and a thirst for education as the ideals she wanted people to embrace in her memory. She concluded with a section titled, A Responsibility to Our Young People and made clear her unshakable belief that the world's fate belonged to the youth she dedicated her entire life to serving. Amazing. She says that she's going to go to this lady's uh, gravesite and pay her respects. And I guess, I guess that's not, that's not respectable. I'm going to pay my respect to the lady who uh, started Bethune-Cookman University and they booed. Now, in case you don't know that, the uh, the uh, Bethune Cookman University is is mostly a black university, and Betsy DeVos is white, and I don't know if there's some racism there, but no one will call it out because you're not allowed to call it out when it's black people disrespecting white people. It only goes the other way around. So uh, finally, there, you can compare all those liberal speeches. Uh, to the one President Trump gave this year at Liberty University's commencement. In this clip, the President Trump talked to the graduates about freedom and persistence. In my short time in Washington, I've seen firsthand how the system is broken. A small group of failed voices who think they know everything and understand everyone want to tell everybody else how to live and what to do and how to think. But you aren't going to let other people tell you what you believe, especially when you know that you're right. And never, ever quit. You never quit. If I give you one message to hold in your hearts today, it's this. Never, ever give up. Yep. If you were, a, if you were President Trump, wouldn't you just say, hey, screw it. Let's, I'm throwing the towel. This job isn't for me. You know, it's uh, I wanted I want to do something good for this country and the country's obviously, you know, the ones with the biggest mouths are pushing against me. Maybe I maybe I just quit. But that's not that's not in his that's not in his uh, his his code. He's not he's not capable of doing that. And uh, he also reminded him that America is rooted in Christian faith and he'll defend their right to practice it as long as he is president. When the pilgrims landed at Plymouth, they prayed. When the founders wrote the Declaration of of Independence, they invoked our Creator four times. Because in America, we don't worship government, we worship God. America is better when people put their faith into action. As long as I am your president, no one is ever going to stop you from practicing your faith or from preaching what's in your heart. You know, when I think about when I think about all this college stuff, when I think about all this stuff and all the all the 
idiocy that the colleges are teaching our kids. And that's why I would say, you know what, if I, if you're a parent that has, has high school kids and you're thinking about what to send them to college, I would, I would step back and say, do they need to go to college? Are they ready to go to college? Are they, you know, it's, it may, it may be, it may be best to wait a couple of years and see what they want to do. Um, and I think we should put the colleges on the open market. You know what? Think about it. If you go to buy a Chevrolet, you go to buy you go to buy a car, you test drive a Chevy truck, or you buy a Corvette or a Malibu or whatever, and you and General Motors makes these products, they put them out at the dealers, they put out all the money for this, and then what do they do? They put your financing through not it's not GMAC, it's now it's called Ally Bank. Okay, so they finance. Ford has Ford Motor Credit. Uh, Chrysler has Chrysler Credit. Um, Toyota has Toyota Motor Credit. Um, they they all have they finance their stuff. Say hey, we put out the money to build these things. We'll go ahead and finance you, so you can put your little down payment, make the payments to us. And if we sold you a lemon, we're gonna have a hard time collecting. You know what? In college, in college, they say, hey, uh, the government is going to guarantee your student loans. And then you're going to give us the money, and the and the taxpayer is going to guarantee that the bank doesn't lose any money on that, and uh, we're going to guarantee you get the money no matter what kind of credit you have, and you just use it for college, and the college people collect the money, and it doesn't doesn't matter to them if they give them a lemon or what. Hey, you know what? If if the if the colleges had to to carry the financing on that, I bet you there's some degrees that just wouldn't be available because they know that, hey, we're going to take $100,000 from you or $50,000 from you, but you're not going to be able to get a job with this. Or we're not teaching you anything that has any value. There would be that they would run it like a business, and instead of using it for liberal liberal professors who aren't capable of making it in the in the in the uh, open market in the private sector, they'd uh, actually put people with some intelligence that can give you some valuable experience. Okay, you know when I talk to you about real estate, uh, my wife and I own thirteen pieces of property. Um, we own we uh, had uh, eighteen rentals, and that we rolled into fifteen of them into a piece of commercial property that we still own in uh, 2006. We now have uh, 10 rentals plus our house, plus two, uh, two uh, second homes. We have uh, a commercial property, the commercial property that we have plus uh, wholesale capital. We own the building there. And you know what? We flipped hundreds of houses and I've done it. So when you call me and ask me for advice, I can tell you what works and what doesn't work. I can tell you what kind of houses to buy to rent and I can tell you how to figure out a flip. I can tell you when a reverse mortgage makes sense. I can tell you when financing your house. A lot of times, some of you guys call me and I say, hey, you know what, I could do your loan, but the only one who's going to be uh, get a good result from that is me because I'm going to make some money. It's really not helping you. And I've walked away from business and I've gotten a whole bunch more referrals because I told people this isn't the right thing for you. If you were my sister, I'd tell you not to do this. I talked someone out of a $954,000 loan. I could have qualified them. And I said, you know what? The way I see this, that based on what you make, this is going to be a divorce because you guys are going to be living for this house. I'm going to drain your IRA. I'm going to drain your 401k plus the money you got from your old house to buy this house because it's in some nice area in Orange County. And at the end of the day, what what you uh, what you take home from work, you're going to be spending almost all of it to make your house payment. And can I qualify you? Yes, I can. But when you live live that tight 
it creates financial tension and the financial tension becomes a, a marital stress and it becomes a divorce and you guys got four little kids. I don't want to see you do that. And guess what? They thought about it over the weekend and they turned and they changed their mind and backed out of that, that kind of house. You know what? You want to deal with someone who's done it. Don't, it's not in college. College can't teach you about the private sector because most of those, those uh, professors can't make it in the private sector. You know, A, A students teach, B students end up working for C students. Okay. So maybe if the maybe if the colleges carried their own financing, maybe something would change in this country. Get the government out of it. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Okay, anyway, but I'm not. So next, let's talk about the Paris Climate Accord, which is uh, was the end of the week, the craziness of this week. Another criticism of our president, he doesn't believe in man-made climate change. And this week, he put that belief into practice by pulling out of the Paris Climate Agreement. So what exactly is that agreement? It was signed by 195 countries in the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change in 2015, including the United States under Barack Hussein Obama. Each nation committed to lowering greenhouse gas emissions by a specific percentage. The majority of the countries agreed to lower emissions by less than 1%. But the United States agreed to lowering its greenhouse gases by a whopping 17.89, second only to China at 20. Except for China didn't have to do anything until 2030. They made no commitments to do anything to cut their greenhouse gases until 2030, while America had to cut theirs right away. We committed to it. There was no, it was not binding, but we committed to it. And the problem is that when the United States says we're going to do something, we do it. We'll stand by it, but the other countries don't. The agreement also required countries in the developed world who signed it to give to the Greenhouse Climate Fund, also known as $100 billion to, develop, to help developing countries switch from fossil fuels to green energy. The bottom line, it's all about money. Tesla CEO Elon Musk is saying he will leave all the energy councils that Trump appointed him to. Uh, but guess what? He stood to benefit from billions in subsidies if the U.S. followed through with the agreement. So I guess he's uh, he's protesting by saying, I'm out of it because now I'm not going to get the billions of dollars in subsidies for Tesla. So it doesn't make that much sense. Doesn't make it's not that it's not that unusual. Hey. Elon Musk is a smart guy, and he's backing out all these committees. Well, guess what? Because he's not getting any money. It's not that. It's not that hard to believe. According to U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the agreement would impose uh, a cost of 1.1 million American jobs, including 400,000 in manufacturing jobs. Another group, uh, the U.S. Council for Capital Formation, says the agreement would cost America 2.7 million jobs by 2025. The overall effect of the agreement would have reduced the United States uh, gross domestic product by over $2.5 trillion. The Heritage Foundation predicted the American families would lose 20000 in income by the year 2035 as the new regulation imposed after the, imposed after the agreement would raise their electric bills by up to 20%. Naturally, the left is not happy with Trump attempting to reverse this part of the, the Obama legacy or thwart their chances in helping their friends in green energy uh, sector make boatloads of money. Here's the junior senator from Massachusetts, Ed Markey, with his doomsday message. If President Trump announces that he is going to unilaterally pull the United States out of the climate accord that the rest of the world has signed on to, with the exception of Syria and Nicaragua, uh, then it will be a economic, a national security, a public health, and a moral failure for the United States of America. 
No, because Trump knows that this is going to choke the economy by making us uh, abide by these commitments. President Trump announced his decision to back out of the agreement from the White House Rose Rose Garden on Thursday. As of today, the United States will cease all implementation of the non-binding Paris Accord and the draconian financial and economic burdens the agreement imposes on our country. This includes ending the implementation of the nationally determined contribution and, very importantly, the Green Climate Fund, which is costing the United States a vast fortune. See, and the president also said he was willing to continue talking with other countries about the climate accord, though, let's listen. I'm willing to immediately work with Democratic leaders to either negotiate our way back into Paris under the terms that are fair to the United States and its workers or to negotiate a new deal that protects our country and its taxpayers. Yet yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing that this uh, this deal puts all this a burden on all these companies to have to uh, uh, cut their emissions. It costs money. That costs money. That's why Apple builds iPhones in China. That's why uh, that's why Tesla sent their battery plant to Nevada because the laws in California are tougher than the laws in in Nevada. You know, it's funny. As as soon as uh, Trump started uh, started speaking about this and announced it, the Dow jumped by 136 points. Hit uh, hit 21144, the first record uh, closed since March 1st. Why? Because the economy knows what this thing does, and this is how. Uh, This is how Trump summarized it. This agreement is less about the climate and more about other countries gaining a financial advantage over the United States. We don't want other leaders and other countries laughing at us anymore, and they won't be. I was elected to represent the citizens of Pittsburgh, not Paris. Hey, you know what? If that doesn't make you feel good about America, we got a guy out there watching our back, making sure we don't get taken by the other countries and by doing stupid deals that, that steal our future from our kids and our grandkids. Hey, I'm out of time for this episode of The Main Event. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you next week. The content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 0114747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 096199. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.